Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, hello, hello. We are here again. It's a kind of uh the sun's come out for us it was a bit of a miserable yeah. morning but it's coming out tuesday morning here yeah. we are my name is murray this is mitch <laughs> you're listening to banter how are you uh, doing man? i'm doing very well excellent. very very well thank you excellent it was um a real treat uh on sunday i think uh this new tending the garden series is something which is going to be i think really practical uh really helpful and challenging in a good way for mm. our congregation yeah and that was kind of the heart behind it was to yeah, give people some more practical tools yeah. into how they tend their own spiritual health, yeah. their own spiritual garden to totally. become more fruitful. Totally. Uh, and I think that um, it was really helpful for you to even practically offer some of those little tools. Mm. Um, I suppose that, you know, I'm kind of uh, one one up here because I haven't already used a few of mine to share <laughs> with the congregation. But um, in your sort of spiritual disciplines as of late, what is something that maybe didn't come up in the sermon that you've been finding helpful for you? Um, so for me, um, I use a diary. And that's yeah. kind of the idea. I kind of showed that with the phone. Yeah. Like I would use a diary just to help like mm. take down thoughts, prayers yeah. and ideas, mm. making notes. And I used to be old school pen and paper diary. Mm. Used to be very diligent. Now, now I'm a bit more use the U version app yeah. to like, mm. yeah, just to make notes and highlights and points. So, yeah, cool. so this morning I read through the letter of Colossians in one sitting and yeah, that nice. was quite, yeah, good to do that and just making notes on different mm. points, particularly around some of the prayers Paul has for the churches mm. to have the wisdom of God. And like he prays that a couple of times that they know the will of God and, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's, yes, I find that helpful. And I use a version on um, you version, <laughs> translation of the Bible, which is... Um, called the Net Bible, and mm. it has the translator's notes in there. Yeah, cool. So I like that. I can go a little bit more nerdy in like, yeah. like oh, that's why you chose this or this yeah. Greek word means this or Hebrew word. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, I find that like quite enriching. For sure. So getting closer yeah, to and that you, original U version is really good. It actually has a bit of a, has, I've noticed it's got prayer in there now. It's expanded yeah. to not just the Bible, but also like prayer yeah. points. And yeah. So. No, there is a lot of tools out there you can use. Totally. It's totally, it's definitely, um, not that it was ever not good, but mm. yeah, it keeps on improving, you know, Yeah, uh, which is cool. I think like for me, one thing that I've, well, actually, before I do that, I mm. want to like just get a little bit deeper on that. Mm. Uh, what on a practical level have you actually found the value of journaling for you? What what does um, that kind of open up for you, yeah, provide? What's, yeah. How is your life different mm. for journaling? Um, it's good to kind of capture snapshots of where, I've come from. Mm. Um, so use an exercise analogy. When you start exercising from day one, like often people will take a photo and then, you know, by day 30, sure. 60 or whatever, at the end they take a... Yeah. But it's actually the progress you don't notice. Yeah. So in the day-to-day, a bit like a, a baby growing, as you know, Sir George, because you see him every day, you're yeah. not noticing it. But it's when you go back, you're like, oh, gosh, how much has he changed? Mm. And so mm. it's good too to sort of see where... I look back at some of the journals when I first started, which is probably 2012. Yep. And it's like, oh, wow, I was in this very different mm. space. Mm. A lot more, um, yeah, uh, probably a lot more 
burdened by my sin. I think I probably lived with mm. a lot of like guilt. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll pack, unpack that yeah. later. But yeah, we'll, we'll, but yeah, that was um, yeah, probably one thing I noticed is always like these prayers of like, oh, I'm such a terrible sinner, I'm such a terrible person. Mm. Where now it shifted to a lot more deeper. I was like, yeah, sure, I'm still a sinner. Yeah. I don't think I'm perfect, but yeah. there's a lot more joy. Yeah, it's not just a yeah, well. freedom. It's it's more of a freedom, not just oh, I'm saved because I'm a wretched person and terrible yeah. and I'm Very just lucky that God of you. Yeah, well, I think that was part. Of, well, <laughs> Look, for me, I think that's what God used to bring me back was those yeah. probably people that had that kind of thinking and really hammered, like, the dreadfulness of sin. And guilt has benefits, yeah. but also can only go so far. Mm. And it's a good quote. I'm going to get that on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the old Christian guilt thing, it's, you know, it's like classic in churches. We don't have enough volunteers to guilt people into doing it. Mm. But, mm. And that's one thing I've learned is that love, and joy is a lot better motivator than guilt. <laughs> and yeah. it's maybe harder to get deeper down there, but like it's going to have more fruit than yeah. just, oh, I'm guilty that I didn't read my Bible today, so I'm going to do it yeah. out of guilt. That's yeah. why I only go so far. Yeah, like, guilt plants more seeds, but like love and joy yeah. bears more fruit mm. kind of thing. So, that's cool. So that's probably been the shift I've had. Of, and, and I guess that's part of life is you, in different seasons, have different theologies and... Yeah, I've mentioned it before, like having Asher changed a lot of the, probably the black and whiteness I had in yeah. life and started to wrestle more with, yeah, God and evil and mm. what they call theodicy and, mm. like, you know, where is God in the midst of this? And so, mm. yeah, the your events in life start to shape who mm. you are. So and I guess that's the point is you want to be growing totally. and shaping and learning and actually, yeah, not staying stagnant. Yeah. So, yeah. Just unpack the word of theodicy first. Oh, theodicy is like God's control God's over control. the world. Cool. So, yeah. Probably yeah. one of the biggest sticking points for a lot of non-Christians is, oh, if God's so good and so powerful, mm. why is there so much evil in the world? And so Yeah, and Christians alike, I reckon, as well. It's, yeah, it's and one. biblical authors too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. that question totally. as well. Totally. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, one thing that's been really cool since having George is being a lot better at eating food at the table <laughs> mm. um which has then led to us being like okay cool well like we should actually be more intentional about saying grace before mm. meals i think that i um was a little bit averse to that previously because in a way it may i i think that i was averse to the connotations of legalism around it and maybe slightly averse even to yeah, and I'm going to almost confess mm. something here mm. which isn't very godly, but the connotations of, in my mind, the type of Christians who said grace before mm. dinner in a very formal way. Mm. Like it was, uh, for lack of a better word, in my presuppositions, the Ned Flanders Christians yeah, yeah, yeah. who said a really formal grace before dinner. Um, but one, like getting over that, like getting over myself, <laughs> getting over the ego mm. of it, um, because I think that that can be one of the biggest traps of like modern Christianity that it's constantly worried about being cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. That's um, another quote I'll take. <laughs> yeah, okay, pop that on a shirt, mate. The yeah, screen yeah. printers are going to be making. <laughs> yeah, it no. um, So yeah, getting over that and then being like, hey, no, actually, this is really important. Not because mm. we have to, but because it places God at the center of mm. this table right now. Um, and yeah, as we've spoken about before, like eating together is such a vision of the Bible. It right? is. Yeah. Sitting down I, together and sharing. That. I can't remember who the author is, but I remember reading a quote saying it's interesting how much like Torah, so Genesis through the Deuteronomy, 
Torah begins with a provision about what type of food you can eat. Mm. And a lot of like the laws actually focus on food, mm. almost as a way to like kind of point back to mm. Eden. I have to find that author, that quote. I'm yeah. just kind of paraphrasing it very loosely, but I remember that really resonates. Like, oh, I never thought about that. Like food actually has a big part of yeah. the biblical story in the mm. Old Testament, what you eat and what yeah. you, how you control yourself. So. And it's like sort of like an inbuilt biological mm. clock, right? Like, yeah, unless you're fasting, like people have to eat during the day. Mm. So it's just this natural moment in the day in which you're forced to shift gears, right? You have to kind of stop mm. or change what you're doing and eat. So it's a really great opportunity to connect that with a moment mm. of reflection, thankfulness, confession. Yeah, connection with God. So mm. it's really cool. I love that. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, this way that you sort of unpacked um, spiritual discipline through the lens of this Jocko Willink quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I will just quickly read it again. Mm. He, um, he said, if you want financial freedom, you need financial discipline. Uh, mm. If you want more free time, that requires time discipline. I think I kind of butchered yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's the idea. Oh, that's a paraphrase. That's yeah. basically what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did say quote, but it's a paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a message version of yes. the Jocko oh, yeah. quote. But yeah, I think that um, that rings so true for mm. so many people. And I think that there's something in that which, um, yeah. Why do you think people are so averse to the idea of discipline? Like, why do you think there's a whole movement of someone needing to sell <laughs> yes. discipline? discipline. Um, I think it's hard. At the end of the day, there's another Jocko quote, which is basically along the line of like, motivation won't get you, it'll get you like a certain way, mm. but like discipline actually would get you further. Mm. And like, cause he was a Navy SEAL, so yeah. like the best of the best in that, yeah. you know, in the services. So he's like, like getting up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock every day. Like yeah. motivation's not going to do that. It's just the discipline yeah. of doing it. Yeah. Jocko is pretty hardcore. Like sure. he's, you know, like yeah. his life is like, ugh, like just doesn't sound pleasant it's living as a everyone. seal yeah, yeah yeah living as a seal but the principles can be applied across life is that yeah like the more disciplined you are the more yeah, ironically life is freeing and i think people don't like that because it face it it is hard and tricky it's easier sure. to like you know stay in bed mm. like use the exercise analogy. to get up early and to exercise it's easy to stay in bed mm. so it is a lot easier and Mm. to not be disciplined which is interesting because jesus uses that for the christian walk you know there's a narrow narrow gate and there's a wide path sure yeah many go along the wide path not many go through a narrow gate so yeah no totally so there's a like the sloth in the in the seven deadly sins mm. it's a lot easier to be a sloth than to be disciplined in many ways so mm. no totally and you kind of like then tied that into this idea of um well miroslav volf kind of talking mm. about how in in a in a different way yes. there is a biblical idea yeah, that I'll, law brings freedom it does yeah um, i can i can read the quote out yeah. i've got it here so why did god give the commandments to a people already delivered from slavery to get their obedience so as to be able to reward them with good things in return the commandments themselves are uh, in a sense rewards given not for god's sake but for the sake of people's um well-being they are not arbitrary rules. They trace the way of life as distinct from the way of death. And mm. so, yeah, it's actually in the Deuteronomy 6, 24, talks about this, like, yeah, the Lord commanded us to obey all of the decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive. Mm. So it's this way of actually having wholeness mm. and life. Mm. And 
Yeah, it's. Yeah, we were talking about this just before the recording when mm. you were at mauling at how. Oh, never realizing that they actually law was given for after. sure. Yeah, and so that's. I think it's a misconception a lot of Christians have. They kind of read Paul and he talks about works of the law, mm-hmm. and you know Jesus coming to justify us, and we think, oh, the law was like this terrible imprisonment, and yeah. it would be um. Daniel Block, yeah, Daniel Block, he, writing about the law, said actually would be more cruel for the Israelites to free them from slavery than give them these rules that are just so oppressive. He's like, he just transformed. Because that's not what it's about. It's actually about reflecting a God as creator. Mm. And that was what, yeah, tying in like the 10 words of creation and God Mm. said and the 10 words of the 10 commandments. That idea is like, well, God created ordered cosmos, Mm. like world, and he's creating an ordered society. Mm. And... Yeah, you're like you study the the law, and you're like, oh, it's actually like a lot of good things in here, and some sure. stuff in there which for us is really weird. Yeah, but for the ancients, it made sense that it was vast improvement on <laughs> other cultures yeah. around them, particularly. Yeah, well, there's a great example after Exodus twenty and twenty one. There's all these laws about slaves, and people are like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. But yeah, what we would read the word slaves was bonded laborer mm-hmm. so different someone who's actually in poverty who sure. sells himself basically to not be destitute and mm. it's about actually treating them kindly and then when mm. the jubilee year is up it's like okay you know your debts are wiped out yeah like you're actually free to go and continue on your life without mm. and so these are often like worst case scenarios it wasn't like everyone in israel was selling themselves into slavery because yeah. that's kind of what Deuteronomy 6.24 is about it. Because if, if you actually do this, you'll prosper and be kept alive. It's mm. The idea being is that if you keep being obedient, mm. things will always be good. Yeah. It's sort of when the worst case happens, is it? Then yeah. Do you think that um, we can fall into, uh, and I should probably unpack mm. what I'm about to say, but um, a bit of black and white proverbs thinking? Uh, in this yeah. that essentially you know proverbs gives this sort mm. of very like black and white yeah. distinction that if you do good things like if you are a good person and virtuous you'll prosper and if you do bad things you won't mm. but ultimately then we look at you know wisdom literature like ecclesiastes mm. um that says well like no that's not actually yeah. true um how do we sort of navigate that in the lens of yeah. this law that we've been given mm. to prosper in an ordered society yeah um so I think the heart of the law is that if you do this, good things will happen. But then ironically, you get to the end of Deuteronomy, it's like, actually, no, you're not going to do this. Sure. And you're going to end in exile and you're going to get sent to a foreign land and the rest land's going to rest. So even within Deuteronomy, for example, there's this prophetic notion of like, mm, you guys can't do this. So this is the intention that yeah. God wants for yeah. a good society. But the reality is, is like you guys aren't up to the task mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. yeah it paves the way i guess for jesus to come but and i think in a sense the law is use a big word eschatological that's how i've looked at it. eschatological just means end times it reflective of what a society will look like and so it gives us a little snapshot of like god's ideal society and we can kind of get that picture of what yep. jesus will bring in when the kingdom comes Minus all the sacrifices, obviously, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and maybe some laws around marriage. But that's the idea, like working in harmony, like the land, like being able to work and the land's going to grow good sure. things for you. So, yeah. yeah, that's it's interesting because Revelation sort of gives us little 
pictures of like people working before you know serving before the the mm. lamb and he's thrown it's like oh, this idea of work still mm. going to be there yeah, yeah yeah so love it yeah. and then we um kind of before we start recording um you kind of made this point that i think miroslav volf maybe expands that the more detailed oh, the law <coughs> is the better it is yes yeah, so that was daniel block actually. oh daniel block, block yeah. sorry, sorry no 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 that's all right sorry daniel block just stealing no no stealing. yeah so he, he talks a lot about how the more detail is the the better yeah and so while we read yeah, the the law parts like boring, sure. snort, Tedious. yeah, you yeah. know, snooze fest. He's like, for them, it actually, it's that's a good thing. You're not guessing mm. about what God wants. You know exactly what you're supposed to do, mm. what you're not supposed to do. Um, yeah, like I was saying earlier before recording, Paul and the Areopagus, the unknown God. Mm. Like we just got to cover our bases in case you know there's another God out there and we've offended him or her. And yeah, which was the so, Greek way of thinking without mm, sort of the Christian perspective. Yeah, yeah and that's so, it, so it removes that is that the Israelites knew exactly what they were. Yeah, and weren't supposed to do. And yep. Yeah. Um, so and say when you read character. the yeah. So say when you read the book of Judges and Jephthah sacrifices his daughter. Yeah. And you read that and you think, oh my goodness, how the Bible condone this? Well, actually, it doesn't. <clears throat> it's actually judging him because yeah. if he knew his Torah, he would know that if you make a vow, there's actually a sacrifice you can make to, like, if you don't follow through it, to kind of wipe that away. Mm-hmm. And he would also know that child sacrifice is, like, abhorrent. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah like, that's the, the thing is, like, yeah, this, like that's a, just a simple example of, like, two kind, like, like, the two times a Jephthah, if he knew his law, mm. would have his daughter wouldn't have died. His rash vow would have just been done away with. Yeah, and so yeah, that's just. But we're in a society like outside the Israelites. That was kind of sure. common practice. You yeah would sacrifice your children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a brutal <laughs> time. It was so. Um, there was a really great um, quote that you. Uh, passage that you mm-hmm. kind of uh, read 1 Timothy 4 7 to 8 I might just quickly read mm. it um, have nothing to do with godless myths mm. and old wives tales rather train yourself to be godly for physical training is of some value but godliness has value for mm. all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come um, I suppose that passage is excellent it does mm. raise the question: What is godliness? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's 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 unfamiliar. I'm gonna open up my concordance. Yes, come on. Go, go into some Greek. Um, so godliness, in like a nutshell, uh, well, one author talked about it being like the spiritual disciplines. Okay, it, it's this. Yeah, choosing. Now let me find it here. Yeah, godliness. U.S. Bina. Yes, Bina. Piety, holiness. That's kind of some of the more literal meanings behind it. Piety, godliness, devotion. Mm. Yeah, it's this idea of venerating, paying homage, inner response. Yeah, it's this litless idea of having. Yeah, piety, it's an old fashioned word, but I like it. it. Piety, like that idea of having reverence, this Mm. idea of living a life that reflects God and mm. so I do yeah, godliness it's I guess what we would call it so probably discipleship like okay. it would be another one like they're saying sure. yeah, living for Jesus living for Christ it's a way of just reflecting God's 
characteristics. Yeah, basically. Yeah, for sure. We're like uh, kind of made to be image bearers of God and kind of yeah. coming back to that original idea. Mm. That as that, we will be godly yeah. if we're bearing uh, His image and reflecting it. Yeah. I like that. So that's a, that's a probably you know the best way to look at it. Is yeah. Godliness is just reflecting the character. Yeah, I've gone. having sure. that piety. Yeah, I love using it. using archaic language, but you know it's good. <laughs> so um, I suppose that there's yeah. this idea um, that Pope Gregory the Third brought up, which mm. I, I really liked. Uh, he attributed slothfulness to a spiritual slothfulness and a yeah. spiritual downfall. Um, and I suppose it's kind of one of those things where I can imagine um, if somebody is somewhat aware or maybe. Um, you know, suspecting that they might be struggling with slothfulness. Um, that it's a bit of a catch-22 because mm. there's maybe a need to not be slothful to get out of slothfulness. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, I can imagine how for some people maybe slothfulness can be, a, you know, a cyclical thing or a spiral. Mm. Um, you, in a past life, had, mm. like, some PT training. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, exercise sports mm, science. Yeah, Did I yeah. get that right? Mm, Excellent. Mm, mm, mm. Um, if, if, if Pope Gregory III is attributing just material, physical, earthly slothfulness to leading to a spiritual slothfulness, mm. um, I think that's fair to ask, how do we maybe address first our physical, mm. you know, sort of material slothfulness in, in all secular parts of life um, that may then lead to also a more diligent spiritual mm. discipline? What would be like, I, I come in, I'm, I'm a physical sloth, yeah. <laughs> and what would be your kind of strategies? Yeah, so... We start with asking like the goals that people have, like sure. why are you doing this? And sure. as you start to unpack that, like some people are like, I just want to be fitter, I want to be healthier, I want to be buff, and you're like, okay, mm. like they're kind of like this broad idea. Now we need to sort of narrow down goals, and so there's an acronym in like I don't know leadership, business world, coaching world of SMART goals. Mm -hmm. So SMART stands for <coughs> specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Cool. So, yeah, so, like, the more specific a goal is, like, obviously it gives you something to aim for. If you're like, I just want to get fit, you're like, okay, what does that look like? Do you want to be a marathon runner? Do you want to be a bike? Like, do you want to be a bodybuilder? Like, you need to sort of give, like, a detail and say, this yeah. like, okay, I want to train for the city to surf. Okay, you know, because that's specific. Yeah, okay, 14Ks. 14Ks, <laughs> and you're like, okay, do you want to have a time for that? Yeah. Do I want to run it under this time. So that's how you do it, you and then, like, obviously, having a time for that gets something measurable. Yeah. And then it's got to be achievable. You can't be like, okay, I want to run the City to Surf in a world record time. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. probably not going to happen. Yeah, like, sure. it's got to yeah. be achievable. Yeah. And then, and that's similar, similar to, like, the realistic. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, that, that, uh, those, so those ideas are connected in there. It's achievable. Yeah. It's realistic. Like, can yeah. you actually, yeah, if you've got... You know, twin babies is like, is it actually realistic for you to be training this hard right now? Like, if yeah. you're working 12 hours a day, do you have time to be running like sure. this volume to get this time in your life? So sure. it has to be, sure. they can't just be aspirational, it needs to be realistic. So the way that you'd sort of separate achievable yeah. and realistic is achievable is, is the end in goal, goal achievable. Yeah. The realistic, realistic is, is can you realistically train yeah. to that? Like, are the steps to mm. that, are they realistic? Yeah. 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 So. Because yeah, a lot of people have aspirations of doing mm. this. Like, well, actually, is that realistic? You yeah. Know? And so timely is you need to have like little measures. Like, mm. okay, by okay, so say to run. When did I run the city surf? Fifty-six minutes, fifty-six. I remember that yeah. crossing a line. I was like, oh, that's a, you know, <laughs> it's a good time to remember. Yeah, yeah, fifty-six, fifty-six. <laughs> so like, so say for that um, timely. Okay, 
you're not just going to get up and just run 14 Ks at that sure. time. You need to have sort of brackets working yep. up to that. So like little micro goals sure. in between that. So that, that's kind of smart goals in a nutshell. Cool. And you can apply that across many things. Mm. And so that's what uh, I suppose for me, like my own personal training now is that, yeah, like there's, I have a goal at some point, I'd like to do a thousand burpees in under 90 minutes sure. one time. And so I've been working up to that and yeah, I've been measuring that process along the way to be able to do a workout called the Murph workout, mm. which is, yeah, to do that under like 55 minutes and then 45. So they're just ways of like tracking. Mm. And so then I guess if you played it to spirituality, that sounds weird, but a similar process can be there. So say if you want to read the Bible in a year, okay, cool. Now you need now, like, you know, okay, that's sort of, you know, your specific goal. Yeah. Now how measurable is it going to be? Well, how, how are you going to achieve reading a Bible in a year? Okay, well, you're going to get a Bible reading plan. Are you going to create yep. like your own thing? Like, so yep. you need to have, and have like little benchmarks along the way, like to measure, okay, by six months, I want to have read this yep. amount, you know, you know, is it achievable for you to do that? Um, the end goal and realistic if you know I, I was reading somewhere like some people yeah about spiritual disciplines like oh I want to be praying blah 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 it's like well is that actually realistic for you mm. right now it's again the kids think is it realistic for you to be getting up at 5am yeah maybe maybe not so just sure. working it out yeah and timely so I think there's it's interesting like Paul yeah in this in 1 Timothy 4 uses physical training and he does it a couple of times you know he talks mm. about I don't beat my air yeah my fist aimlessly like a box he often tied in spirituality with physical training there's a lot of mm. crossover yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah so setting some smart goals I don't too with like goals you gotta actually be accountable to someone mm. that's, that's good. pretty key because mm. you're not gonna I can't remember the exact statistics but if you set a bunch of goals and you only tell yourself, you're like, only X. Like, I can't, it's quite a low percentage, maybe 30%. You can probably just Google it. Yeah, um, yeah. But if you tell someone, it goes, jumps up to like 70, 80%. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. Like, when you're accountable to someone, mm. there's a lot. Yeah. And so that's when <coughs> having like a coach, either, you know, a personal training coach or a spiritual coach mm. or a mentor, someone to just keep you yeah. Yeah. on track of things. Um, you often think of like this type of stuff as like a kite. Kites are good they're attached to a string hmm. when you cut the string kites just it's flying but it's just it has no control and so goals just help keep you focused mm -hmm. on life and a bit like that discipline so you sort of have goals in your yeah life and yeah. some people like love that stuff other people hate it but yeah yeah it is a way to achieve more like mm. you set goals yeah, yeah, so. yeah. that's cool yeah. i think that so, that's really helpful and it's nice to sort of i think as always bring in secular wisdom mm. not pagan wisdom but secular, secular wisdom, wisdom yeah um into like our christian life because mm. you know just because somebody who thought of something isn't a christian doesn't mean it can't be a yeah, great yeah. idea right no. and look there's a quote out there like all truth is ultimately god's truth mm. and yeah the bible is god's word but the bible also doesn't talk about a lot of things and mm. so yeah like there's sometimes helpful to use other like you if you google the bible verses on setting goals it's not going to be unique there yeah, maybe yeah, proverbs yeah. would be the closest but yeah, like yeah, yeah. but or it's even on getting fit it's like, yeah, yeah you know not a lot there. <laughs> but yeah you can see where the principles are like i can see these principles and apply them into yeah my spiritual walk i do find it i actually generally find it encouraging when secular people basically come to the conclusion that the bible i'm like oh it's interesting like how yeah. there's this 
yeah. like truth there of God that people have discovered outside of that. What do they call it in theology? Natural revelation? Yeah, yeah, there's special revelation, natural But what you call natural revelation, that they've found it an aspect of God by nature. Yeah, right. And then that special revelation is through like God's words. So. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, interesting. That's really helpful. Yeah. That's very, very helpful. And I think that ultimately that is um, the, the idea of having accountability as well. Um, I'm just going to like speak from my own mm. sort of experience anecdotally and personally. Um, I think having somebody who's not a peer can sometimes be more helpful oh, with accountability because so. my experience um, even again secular example mm. a mate and I had a rule that we had to write a page a day for script writing mm. but because we we're both friends it was just like that ah, like it's all right like we missed it today or whatever like kind of started really great mm. but very quickly it's sort of like you know very achievable goal very yeah, realistic yeah, yeah, goal yeah, like yeah. one yeah. page to write um, but yeah I think that when you have somebody who is you know a mentor somebody who's an elder someone mm. who you know you're sort of you know holding to mm. um, I think peer relationships are important in our faith yes. but I think with accountability having yeah. someone older can really help or someone good. more senior in their spirituality mm. they don't need to be physically older yeah and even um, what I found when I had a coach not having a friend Mm. That's someone that's kind of mentoring your friends. It's like similar to that peer. Sure. So it could be another one older, and like if you're kind of mates, it's like, oh, it's yeah. yeah. So mm. I found that mentor coaching. It's good to have a bit of distance because they can put mm. the lean on you mm. a bit and perhaps annoy you, and it hasn't destroyed. Yeah. So I used to really despise coaching when because at Regent's Park because the area of Sydney I was in. What they call it? Southern Sydney, that was the region. And they had funding for all the pastors to get coaches. Here in the north, we don't get anything. It's not, 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 not Baptists don't say it's special, but... You're uh, already living in the Bible. Yeah, now. you know, you don't need anything. But, um, yeah, and the coach I had, I would often get annoyed. She's like, oh, have you done this? I'm like, no. And she'd put the hard lean on me. And I'm like, oh. That would annoy me, but I was like, oh, I know I need it. Like, I know yeah. that that's actually... And that's like, your role. Like, her yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her play. role to do that. And so it would... um. Hmm. Yeah, and then I'd be bad if I knew I hadn't done the stuff I was supposed to. I wouldn't, like, book in a day. And I got this text. Well, you're supposed to put in, like, because yeah. it's meant to be every two weeks or every month or yeah. so. And, uh, yeah. Or it's even that yeah, awkward thing where you like you then see them at a party. They're like, oh, like I'm supposed to just be at like my mate's party. Oh my I didn't God. want to have to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it, it is. Friend. Um, it is really helpful. Um, there are life coaches out there. We cost you an arm and leg to do. Yeah, but um, so. Yeah, I don't know. So, so some of the stuff's really good. It's actually finding like a coach. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even so, as as a recognised pastor, you have to do pastoral supervision. It's like 120 bucks a pop to yeah. see like either a coach or a supervisor. I'm like, oh, so it does yeah, yeah, add yeah. up. But yeah, yeah. But pray about it. Who knows? God can provide hey, anything. Absolutely. You know? That's that's my advice. If you want to look for. And a mentor or a coach or someone, you know, God might just have someone. You never know. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, that's a great you. thing with like church culture. I think people are very, yeah, willing to mentor people and often very yeah. flattered to be asked. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You're like, oh, wow. You yeah. think that I have some sort of skill to offer you. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, the so. amount of people in our church who I've spoken to who I know would be awesome mentors mm. who um, are so shocked that I had said that. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people don't think that they could do a good job. Mm. But being asked might be the encouragement yeah. that they need. Yeah, and yeah, men the difference between a mentor and a coach is a mentor, you can share your life experience. Like, mm. okay, coaching is kind of, the analogy they use is like you're 
like a supporter from the side so you don't use your mm. that's probably why i struggled with coaching a lot is it becomes a little bit impersonal but there's like i find some of the practicality of setting those goals yeah. and being accountable <clears throat> really helpful so yeah, yeah. it's probably the key difference a mentor is so say like you have a let's use pastors for example you have a mentor who's a pastor they go oh when i was in ministry this happened that's what mentors can do if it's sure. a coach they would wouldn't use what's it happened in their life they would sure. just go okay they'd ask you a hard question of like okay how are you going to you know tackle this yourself and like, oh, i don't know you tell me and they go no that's not my job you have to figure it out so sure. why am i paying you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need so. a mentor i'm a coach yeah yeah, yeah like that's uh, nice. so. yeah i think that's really really helpful mm. and i think that obviously um yeah I, I would say that probably spiritual discipline mm. is something um or a lack thereof that's come out of probably a pendulum swing of yeah. a Christian culture that was over legalistic. Yeah, and yeah. maybe we as a generalization, obviously mm. no no none of these blanket mm. terms can apply to everyone, um, are maybe too spiritually apathetic in our yeah. disciplines, you know? That's interesting. I found a quote from Piper which I didn't share on Sunday is he says the new legalism is not being disciplined. Mm. Which is interesting. He wrote that he wrote he preached that so in nineteen ninety one. He's talking about this stuff, saying like, uh, so 30 years ago, saying, yeah, like the new legalism isn't like trying to earn God's favor, <laughs> trying to earn God's favor, you know, through works. It's mm. actually not doing anything. Mm. It's like, well, Jesus saved me, so do whatever I want. I don't need to mm. invest in some sort of spiritual disciplines. Mm. Jesus saved me, that's enough. So mm. it's an interesting way of looking at it. That's how he says it. The new legalism is not being disciplined. So, mm. anyhow. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that while, yeah, I mean, look, maybe apathy is too strong a word, but <laughs> I think it could maybe apply to some people. Mm. Um, while an apathy towards spiritual discipline is obviously an issue for some people, um, I think that just from my personal experience mm. of speaking to people, um, there are some people who, on the other side of the scale, might struggle with something such as like spiritual scrupulosity. Ooh, you have to unpack that word. Well, scruples is sort of um, overly focusing or obsessing about things. Mm. Um, so it can kind of be tied in a way to OCD, obs yeah. obsessive compulsive disorder. This idea that <clears throat> through doing something, you know, obviously OCD is uh, if you're constantly obsessing about your hands being dirty, you, you know, will wash them to the point where your, you know, fingertips will start mm. to bleed or um, needing to do a certain thing like check all the locks in the house, you know, 10 times before you go to mm. bed because you're overly obsessing about the idea that a burglar might come in at night. Mm. I think likewise, uh, spiritual scrupulosity, I would say, as for overly being overly obsessed too much on your sinful nature, mm. on your brokenness, uh, on your depraved sort mm. of being. That's what I was alluding to a bit earlier. Yeah, to the point in. where you would uh, do, do things uh, not in a legalistic way, but in a way that is um, almost trying to save yourself through acts mm. rather than grace. Mm. What would be your advice if you kind of came across yeah. somebody who was starting to teeter into the space mm. of spiritual scrupulosity? Because that's probably where I was at, like, yeah, early 2012 yeah. was that. Um, I mean, I actually had to learn that, well, when I'd feel super guilty about not, like being perfect mm. uh, that's i had to remind myself that well only jesus is perfect mm. and that jesus 
yeah, died for me as a sinner. Uh, I've had a total mind blank how the exact verse goes. But you know, in Romans, like Paul talks about, I should just look it up, but Paul talks about how, you know, who would die for, you know, a wicked person, would you, you know? Mm. One would scarcely die for a righteous person. But sure. God demonstrates his love for us, you know, yeah. while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's what I had to draw back on is that, well, if God has forgiven me, like I almost in a sense need to forgive myself. Mm. And that's, so that wasn't license to sin, but yeah, holding on to this sort of false guilt actually in a way was disblasphemating the, the act of the cross. Yeah. And that's where I had to, and for me, that's where I found that freedom. It's like, mm. okay, like ultimately any sin that I've committed, it's been nailed upon the cross and Jesus has forgiven that. And yeah. so that's the freedom that we yeah. have. And so I don't have to live in this mm. guilt. Mm. Um, yeah, now of course, if you do some pretty horrendous things, that's going to take years sure. and years to overcome that. But I think for a lot of people who sort of in that scrupulosity, it's often over. I think my experience, minor things, they're not going around murdering people or yeah, yeah, having yeah. adultery. It's probably more like, lying or like I hate saying it but minor sins I use that term inverted commas not yeah. like the and so yeah it's actually going well like do you actually believe that Jesus has forgiven you yeah and so like there shouldn't be like there's no condemnation for those yeah. who are in Christ Jesus so. I want to unpack two things there mm. I think the first thing would be I think like my pastoral response would be like read the book of James yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. do you know what I mean mm. if you're really thinking that your acts are going to save you mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're not saved by grace um, I loved that language that you used around there's almost something blasphemous about it, that mm. you're undervaluing, undermining the power mm. of the cross. Because uh, I think that kind of language would ring really strongly with somebody who is struggling with scrupulosity. Yeah. That they're like, oh, in doing this, like this is almost a sin mm. in and of itself. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you, you don't. don't. A yeah, little bit. yeah. Um, but thankfully not damned because of Jesus. Um, But I want to unpack something a little Mm, bit there because I think that this also ties into this whole spiritual scrupulosity idea. Are all sins the same? Oh, geez. Because like you've got your Romans, like for all have sinned and fallen Mm. short of the glory of, you know, God. So obviously we are all Mm. sinners. We all need Christ. But I was actually talking, yeah, to somebody about this the other day. And I was like, well, if all sins are the same, why does God expect different types of sacrifices in Leviticus mm. for different types of sins? Like that would suggest that if the, if the price or the cost mm. for different sins is different, then that would suggest that the sins themselves, although all sins are sins and mm. all sins take us away from God and should we go on sin, mm. sinning? Yeah, Not yeah, at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, in the way that if I steal a Cadbury cream egg from the shops, mm it is not the same <laughs> as mm-hmm. embezzling billions of dollars. Yeah. You've answered the question already by sure. saying, okay, <laughs> about, no, 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 because that's kind of what I was going to point to as well as like, you do see that like in the law and even how like other nations are treated, like God, in the, in the prophets, it talks yeah. about the other nations, like this is going to be the judgment on you for this, yeah. um, for these it's acts. Weird. And yeah, like that has to be that idea of, like you'd want to think that Hitler sure. is going to be judged more harshly than someone who lived like a really, like I'll say, good life in inverted commas, yeah, like yeah, the average yeah. sort of person yeah, that yeah, never yeah. believed in God. Like yeah. there has to be, and God is a God of justice. Mm-hmm. And so there is a scaling. So mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think there are like 
sins are scaled yeah. over others. And yeah. yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head where you said about the law. Like yeah. that's, you know, there was, yeah. you, 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 in the law, there were some sins, oh, if you committed the sin unintentionally, this was a sacrifice. Others, sure. it's like heavy duty. You're like, well, yeah. Some of them actually, there was no kind of, like if you murdered someone, it was like, mm, we pick up stones and hilly. Like there was like there's a scale sure. of judgment sure. against that yeah so. and, and i think mm. that's the exact thing you see that the cost for different laws in leviticus yeah. is scaled like it mm. does seem that the less severe sins have a lower cost yeah. <laughs> and the what we would mm-hmm. just on an earthly level consider yeah. bigger sins yeah. ha- had a higher cost but yeah because i think that that is like a theological like misnomer or misconception that yeah, a lot of people yeah. have mm. through that sort of idea that all have sinned thereby all have fallen short yeah. it's like okay but yeah at the same time like some sin causes more damage mm. than others. And I, like, and I said this when I spoke about hell. I can't remember how long it was. Yeah. Two months ago, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it was. Um, yeah, I don't know what judgment looks like. Mm. And so ultimately, like one day, I guess, we'll find out how that looks. But yeah, I do know these like, like Jesus is a just judge. Mm. And so you'll be, yeah, all rights will be, you know, all wrongs will be righted, I should say. Mm. And that's deeply comforting yeah. for me. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like, oh, Vikings. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Like, there's a lot of shows about the Vikings, and mm. it's set in the era where, um, you know, they were attacking like England, mm. and um, yeah, and they were obviously sacking monasteries, and and it's uh, I, I would I remember thinking about it, it's like like for a lot of these innocent people caught up, and Vikings just one example of people that raped and pillaged villages, sure. like. For those Christians that were killed, and the Celtic Church, because um, that's kind of like, I guess, for me, I feel a lot of spiritual connection, having Irish families. Yeah. Like, they were basically wiped out by the Vikings. Sure. And for those those Christians who were wiped out, yeah, there's going to be justice for them. And that's, for me, is like, it's not just forgotten about in the sands of time. It's like, oh, well, you know, it happened like mm. 1,600 years ago. Who cares? Like, well, God mm. hasn't forgotten. And, mm. yeah, Revelation... Um, talks about that like when Jesus opens the fifth seal he sees the souls of the martyrs there crying out how much longer Lord like yeah. until you know till the end just hold on yeah, you sees. will get justice yeah. and so yeah that's for me is the hope of the gospel and yeah. the resurrection and he write paraphrase him I can't remember the exact quote but he talks about the book of Job like mm. Job at the end he isn't whisked away to heaven yeah. he's just given restoration on this life mm. uh, and I don't think he, he. I don't think he said this, but it made me like jump on this platform. I was like, oh, that's the whole point of the resurrection. Mm. It's like there's justice in this time and space, mm. not in some sort of heavenly domain. It's actually this earth we receive justice, and so mm. Job is like a bit of a, a foretaste of what that will look like. Mm. Is that he suffered tremendously in, in this life? Mm. He received guess justice mm. and then one day he will see more justice when mm. jesus returns so yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. really cool really, really cool. cool um well yeah look i think that um as we continue to go through this series there's going to be a lot of sort of us continuing to unpack mm. what are these sort of spiritual disciplines look mm. like uh, mm. what you know legalism looks like mm. um is there any sort of final thoughts as we wrap up today uh no um one thing i say is when you, if you do want to set some goals for reading, whether it is, you know, there's so many apps out there yeah, that can do this. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just choosing one that works for you. Probably don't beat yourself up. Um, to yeah. go back to an exercise analogy, there are just some days when I train and you just don't have it. Yeah. 
you're like you're feeling tired you're feeling sluggish and you're like well that's just it's more and the ex- excess tone is it's better to, to turn up than to not turn up mm. like okay okay if you've only got enough energy to go 15 minutes of what should be an hour workout that's still 15 minutes better than none like mm. it's it's a journey it's not you don't just go to the gym once and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a journey. Yeah. And so turning up is better than not turning up. And it's the same with spiritual disciplines. Okay, there's going to be times where life gets in the way and you maybe whatever goal you set to, I'm going to have read my Bible before bed or whatever when mm. you first go out. You don't do it. Mm. Yeah, okay, God's not going to strike you down with lightning. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's about the journey. It's about, okay, just show up when mm. you can. Keep doing it. Yeah. And just, you know, pick it up. Because... Yeah. Life, like, well, you can't see what I'm doing. I'm, my hands are going up and down. Yeah, there's like a, a wave. wave. There's a wave. There's, there's peaks and troughs. Yeah, and yeah. so sometimes you'll be riding the peak and the only times there will be troughs. Yeah. And it's, yeah, doing yeah. that. And that's actually part of the discipline is going through those, like, really tough times where you don't feel like doing yeah. it. And that's part of being disciplined. It's yeah. like, well, this is what I've said. And it's part of the journey. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I loved what you said just to kind of build on that with mm. that Dick Eastman hour that changes yeah. the world, the hour Great of power book. kind Great of thing. Great book, yeah. Um, I loved how you said, you know, don't have to do every single thing for five minutes. Mm. You can do everything for one minute and mm. it's 12 minutes and it's 12 yeah. minutes more than you would have done, yeah. you know. I think being maybe a bit kind and yeah, gentle so he, with yourself. He's really good. Like, yeah, that book, I found that. And you can actually get free summaries like that. I think I got that picture from I just screenshot it. Yeah. But if you just Google it, Hour yeah. of Power, there's like PDS and the graph. And yeah, yeah, he's really good that way. Like it's not this legalistic. Yeah. You have to do it for the yeah. hour. Like he was challenged yeah. for the hour. But yeah, he's also like you know build up to this thing, yeah. change it. Like if yeah, it doesn't have to be twelve. If you hate just, singing, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. That's, I think he I think his heart is like just do this. Yeah, get into praying. It's really good. So excellent. Okay. Eh? No, mm. Very very good stuff. Mm. Well, um, we are moving on this week. Uh, it's uh, my, my turn on the pulpit this weekend, which will be a bit of fun. Um, we're going to be, uh, yeah, looking at how we can use our phones for good. Mm. Should be, uh, yeah, I think a fun little thing to look at. I think, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, lot to look into, actually. Right. Actually, um, I don't know if you're going to use the book, but 12, is it 12 ways your phone's changing? Yeah, actually yeah do Tony Reinke. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, rec- I was reading that too. Yeah. I got a copy. Yeah, it's, good. it's definitely a good little one. He's got like a lot of very um, excellent sort of examples of mm. how phones can be good or bad. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I think nice. that that's kind of going to be the one thing. It's not going to be a, a massive bash up on technology. Mm. <laughs> how um, like all tools, you know, guns yeah. can be really good actually, but they can also be awful. Mm. <laughs> and likewise yeah. phones. Yeah. And I think it's him or I read a few things around that. It's just, he says how much technology actually shapes how we do the Christian journey. Yeah, totally. Pre-printing press. No one owned a Bible. Now yeah. we have this expectation that everyone has a Bible. Yeah, that's only like relatively recent thing, five hundred years yeah. compared to yeah three thousand years where there was only scrolls. From yeah, most, you know. and I think that's going to be like the aim of like next Sunday, uh, encouraging some people who maybe fear technology mm. a little bit, fear the phone. They think it's all you know doom and gloom, mm. but also um, yeah, challenging some people who maybe are using their phone in unhealthy ways. Mm. So hopefully, there's a little something for everyone there. Yeah. <laughs> So looking forward uh, to yeah. it. Well, Maybe. thanks for the chat, man. No, thank you. Excellent times. And we look forward to uh, seeing you guys on Sunday. Right. See you then. Bye. 
thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.